Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Good afternoon, church. Thank you so much for having me. The last time I remember being here was, uh, it has to be 2021. I was kind of, because my hearing starts in July 2021, so I was here before the hearing, so it has to be June 2021. So I was here, and you guys pray for me. I remember uh, uh, Stephanie going through the, the, I don't know how we call this stuff. Yes. And I knew my case was dismissed. <laughs> I remember very well. That's, I remember. I remember. My case was dismissed, and I came to celebrate. That's the reason. I came to celebrate with you. Because you have been with me. You have gone through this with me. I'm going to start first by reading a scripture. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read from Job. And I think we all know the story of Job, don't we? It's a very sad story with a great ending. And in Job, chapter 13, verse 18, this is what Job said. Job said, now I have prepared my case, and I know I will be vindicated. I, I like uh, some other versions say, I have prepared my case, and I will be proved innocent. I prepare my case with God's help, and I was proven innocent. Let me start from my background, where I'm from. I'm from Cameroon, and Cameroon is in Africa. Cameroon is Central Africa. Part of Africa speak French, and the other part of Africa speak English. So I'm coming from the French-speaking part of Africa. I learned English in the US. So I came to the US about 30 years ago, and I gave my life to Christ here in the US, in East Lansing. And Stephanie is leaving in January for Africa. So while here in Lansing, God called me to go back to Africa on a medical mission. Now we are in 2007. So I went there on a medical mission about two weeks. On the mission field, God spoke to me to come back to the U.S., resign from my job. I was an attending physician at Sparrow. I had a great job, loved by my boss, loved my job. So I resigned from my job to start a clinic in South Lansing. Okay, now, I never start anything. It was all God who put together all the resources that I need to start a clinic. So I opened the clinic in 2009, and my mission was to provide medical care to the underserved. Okay, if you know anything about healthcare, there, there, there is gaps when it comes to healthcare. Okay, 
in a nutshell, either you have money and you get good care, or you don't and you get not very good care. That's just the way our healthcare system is. It's sad, but that's the, the truth. And what I wanted to do was to be Jesus' hands and feet, to love on my patients and provide medical care. Most of them, a good number of them coming to my clinic were struggling with mental illnesses. And you can understand that. I had a good number of ex-convicts. Okay, I have a good number struggling with drug addiction. And the two are kind of related, drug addiction and mental health. So they are coming to my clinic to receive care. And in 10 years now, between 2009 and 2019, I provided about 50,000 medical care. So that was a busy place, yes. I, I, I met about 10, at least, at least 10,000 people, at least. And besides the medical care at the clinic, we had a food pantry because I, it was obvious that I also need to meet the physical needs. So we had a food pantry once a week. We had a hot meal. We, I had a restaurant coming once a week with a hot meal. We had clothing ministry at the clinic. At the clinic, Stephanie, we had church every Wednesdays from 10 to noon, we would gather in some area of the clinic, share, testify, sing songs, pray for one another every single Wednesday. And I have a few people coming, but God was using, God was using the clinic to set many free. So now I have a very quick video was my patient at the clinic. So she was struggling with cocaine addiction. She was in and out of jail when we met. And she started coming to the clinic on a regular basis. I was able to minister to her. At the clinic, she gave her life to Christ. And I baptized her at the clinic. You don't, <laughs> you don't see many clinics or many physicians baptizing their patients. Okay, so I have baptized a few of them. I baptized a few of them. Now, you are all going to say this is good work, this is great, and this was great, except 
between 2009 and 2019, I have been on the 10 different investigations. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten different investigations. I call myself the most investigated physician in the face of Earth. Not just even the United States, the face of Earth. And it was always for two false accusations. I'm defrauding the system or I'm taking advantage of my patients. These were always the reason why the attorney general office would come after me. I'm defrauding the system or I'm taking advantage of the patient. And the last inve investigation began in 2019. That's the one you guys pray for me. 2019, on the Thursday morning, every single Thursday, that was my habit, every single Thursday for 10 years, I would leave my house at 6.30 in the morning to be at the clinic at 7 a.m. And from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., I was on my knees. Okay, I was praying for all the patients that I've seen the week before, for the staff, for the community, for the mayor. I'm praying every Thursdays. So that Thursday, I left my house, got to the clinic, and I was met with about 50 police officers. Okay, so they came to search me and to search the clinic. And after the raid, after they raid the clinic and my house, and my house, I was facing criminal charges. That's just part of the, the charges were dropped. No charges were filed, case was dropped. And that was answer to prayer. I was also facing civil forfeiture case, which meant they took all my money, my husband money, our children money, the clinic money, they took everything. Okay, so they dropped the case and they gave us back everything, which was excellent. Now, as a physician, you know we have a license. I have a license. So what they did with my license, they suspended one of my licenses. And because they suspended my license, Medicaid dropped me. Yes. Okay, so, and this is happening in 2020 in the middle of COVID. Okay, so my patients, they have been seeing me for years for the blood pressure, medication, diabetes, medication, seizure medicine, all kind. Out of just suddenly, I had to turn them back and say, I can no longer give you your insulin because, because Medicaid won't pay for. If it's coming from me, Medicaid is not going to pay for. And this is a time where all, most clinics were being closed because you know, we didn't know what was happening with COVID. People were just sent home. So my patients had nowhere to go Nowhere to go, okay? And some of them, many of them died because they just did not have insulin. You don't have insulin, you're gonna die. That's just, that's just a fact. And, and that was the result of uh, uh, my license being suspended and Medicaid, and Medicaid kicking me out. The whole, the whole goal 
was to close down the clinic. I kept the clinic open because I told my husband at the time, we need to fight from the clinic. I need to know exactly what's behind all this. So let's not move, let's fight from the clinic. So I kept the clinic open for the three years. And like any other case, if you have a case, the first step with the case is a plea bargain. And you guys know what a plea bargain is. So I went to a plea bargain conference. So you go to a place where you are here, your attorney is there, and then you open and so you talk. And, and the goal is to get to some kind of agreement. So I'm there. At the end of the whole conference, the Bureau of Professional Licensing acknowledged that they made a mistake, but they still want me to take sanction. I told my attorney, this is an abomination in the eyes of God. Okay, you have to understand something. I'm very naive when it comes to justice. I just could not understand how someone will come and say we made a mistake, but you need to pay us this much money. Why am I paying you money when you made a mistake? I, I told my, my attorney kind of sort of tried to talk to me into, that's just the way the system is. I said, no, no, the system, no. My system is from God and that's not the way he operates. So I refused to take the sanctions, I refused. So when you refuse the sanction, then you go in front of a judge, you go in front of an ALJ, that's the next step. And of course, the prosecutor never had time. He made the whole hearing, it was over 10 days, but he made it last a year and a half, okay? And this is all to bring me down, all to deplete me financially, all to deplete me mentally, emotionally. So he made the whole year and a half, 10 days in a year and a half. A week before the last day, got the email. Okay, for unforeseeable reason, we have to change judge. Now you have a new judge. <laughs> Which is a bummer. Like, a week before, we had a new judge who knew nothing about what happened this whole time. So we had to kind of explain everything to this new judge. He had to learn. Anyway, so we went there, finished the case with the new judge, done with the case with the new judge. The new judge asked for written closing arguments. So he said, okay, why don't my attorney is supposed to put together a summary of what happened? The prosecutor put together a summary. And what they do, they go based on transcript. So they go based on what I said, what everybody else said, and they put down the summary. So we got the transcript to find out that the transcriptionist, the lady, the court reporter, the lady who was transcribing me, in places where I said I never did it, she transcribed, I did it. I don't think this case can get... <laughs> wow. 
I call my attorney, Stefania, say, okay, no, 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 no. This is not possible. We have to, we, 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 something has to change. We have to make a change. So we had to go back to the judge, and then the judge allowed us to make at least, I mean, it was at least a thousand of errors that we had to, that we had to change. Then we got to the point where it was all done. My conclusion was done. The prosecutor's conclusion was done. We sent it to the judge. And on December the 2nd, got an email from the judge. And he underlined, Quay did not violate the standard of care. Dismiss the case with prejudice. That was a 99 pages decision. So you know he went through everything. So the case has been dismissed. And I'm excited, I'm rejoicing. And what I would like to share with you guys is what I learned during those three years. What I learned. The first thing is, as Christians, we are going to be persecuted. You just have to settle with this. We are going to be persecuted. If you are a Christian and you are not being persecuted, you must be wondering, am I standing for Jesus? Is my light shining? Because we are in the last days. It's going to happen. It is going to happen to me and to you. It's going to happen. And, and when we talk about persecution, I think sometimes we see and it happened in Africa. We, we have areas in Cameroon where on the north, we have the Muslim fighting with the Christians and they are destroying churches, killing people. We have those. So this is persecution. I mean, we have men and women and pastors dying because of their faith. Okay, that's persecution. In America, I don't remember the last time I heard about someone be killed but they use lawsuits. They use the court system to close, to shut us down. Yes, that's what they are using. That's the persecution we face here. And let me tell you why. In 2013, an investigator from the attorney general office came to the clinic, okay? We sat down and he asked me all questions. Where are you from? Where did you study medicine? Why, or everything. I'm done, he asked me the question, do you know why I'm here? He asked me, do you know why I'm here? I said, I don't know why you came actually. And he's like, we don't like to see where you are. Until you moved, we are gonna come after you. That blank. Just like that, I left the meeting and I said to myself, God sent me here and God is going to be the one to remove me. I don't know who you are, but I'm going nowhere. That all to say that the whole point and the whole goal is to shut down our light, to shut down our testimony. 
that's 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 what persecution is all about. I truly believe that if I were doing anything, defrauding the system or taking advantage, the attorney general would not need 10 different investigations. No, no. One, maybe two, not 10. Okay, not 10, okay. You are looking for something that does not exist. You know, one of the investigations, they came to the clinic and the reason, Lady investigation investigation lady showed up at the clinic, and she needed to talk to me. And her thing was, I am calling Maya Pharmacy on South Penn every week, and prescribing 120 Vicodin. I don't know if you guys remember Vicodin. So, I am supposedly calling Maya Pharmacy every week. I told the lady. Okay, first of all, I've never done this, but I have a very distinct accent. Okay, if I call, and everything is recorded, if I'm calling Meyer every week, all you have to do is go and listen. Just go and listen to who is calling. It's not me. I'm telling you, it's not me. Okay, that was not enough. They came back, took everything from me, and the case was dismissed because I never called. I never called. So this is just to shut down our testimony, to stop us from being the light of Christ. That's what persecution is going to do. It's doing to us. This is to financially drain us, drain, drain the clinic, so I, 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 so I won't be there, so I won't be able to provide care and help the people in our community be set free. But God, but God, but God. You know, <clears throat> when, when uh, what happened to me happened, I was reminded of the story of Job, uh, uh, Joseph, Joseph. You know, what happened to Joseph was unjust, but over and over the Bible says, but God was with Joseph. But God was with Joseph. But God was with Joseph. But God was with me. God was with Dr. Kwe. <clears throat> the day they came to the clinic, December the 5th, 2019, I'm driving to the clinic. So to go to the clinic, I exit on 101, then I take Pleasant Grove. And I'm on Pleasant Grove by QD. I heard the audible voice of God. <laughs> Telling me, today they are coming to hurt you. And I, I told the voice, get behind me. Okay, I'm, I'm driving, get behind me, Satan. Okay, then Holmes and I pulled in front of the clinic, parked my car, got out of my car. The same voice spoke to me. Someone is here to hurt you. Then I stop and I say, Satan. People love me in this community. No one is going to hurt me. So I just kept going. I just kept going to open the clinic. And here they were. At that moment, brother and sister, I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that God was with me. That the voice was the voice of God. It was God speaking to me. That he was going to be with me during this whole process. I had peace. Peace. 
I just felt like I was in some kind of glow, that the Holy Spirit was all around me while they were searching the clinic and doing all they were doing. I had complete peace because God was with me. God was with me. So we are going to be persecuted, but God, but God is going to be with us. I don't know if you ever dealt with attorney, but it's very expensive. I mean, <laughs> very expensive. I think at one point, I had three attorneys, and each time, it, when each, the three of them decided to speak, it was costing me $1,000 an hour. Okay. This is, I mean, this is expensive process. But God, God provided for every single need I have. Every single need I have. He is faithful. I have not lacked anything. I may have to may have to make some rearrangement in some stuff, but I have not lacked anything. I always had food, always had roof, because God was with me during this whole process. During this whole process. And I remember on the last day of the hearing, my attorney asked me a question, and the question was, Dr. Quay, do you have something else to add? That was kind of the end. I told the judge, the ALG, your honor, I have no regrets because I have done this work with integrity of my heart and I know God is pleased with me. And I also, I was bold. I also flipped my Bible. <laughs> I, was, I have nothing else to lose. I'm all, I already lost everything. What the, what, what if, so I, I turned my Bible to Genesis 50, chapter 50, verse 20. And I say, you intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of my peoples. I was speaking in faith that God was going to use what happened to me for his glory. On the last day of hearing, I had no idea, even if the case was going to be dismissed, I have no clue what the judge was going to do. I mean, really. But I spoke in faith that my God knows what he is doing. My God is in control. My God is the one who changed this judge. And my God is going to use it to bless me and bless many. And my God has done it. My God has done it. My God has done it. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you must be wondering, okay, where are you with the clinic? During this whole process, God was speaking to me that my time in South Lansing was coming to an end. Again, I wanted to be done with the hearing, all the legal stuff before closing the clinic. 
my attorney wanted me to be done before closing and he kind of said, okay, you don't want to close too soon because if the judge hear about it, maybe the judge is going to change his decision. Let's just wait for the, you know. But I set up my mind, December the 1st is my last day, okay? I know I was going to be done on December the 1st. So December the 1st at 3 p.m., I was done at the clinic. On December the 2nd, at 9 a.m., we got the judge decision. God is always on time, always. Would, who would have told me that I was closing the day before the judge was going to release his decision? I have no idea, but God knew. So he kept me all the way through December the 1st because he knew that on December the 2nd at 9 a.m., I was going to get an email saying that the case has been dismissed. Now you are good to go. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. So the physical location of the clinic is closed, but all my licenses are still active. So what I'm doing now, I'm doing what I did with you, uh, Stephanie. I'm doing Zoom. Yes, yes. And I, I didn't want to tell you, but the day you and I were on the Zoom, I was at Spejo having my mastectomy. I kind of felt like, wow, Stephanie doesn't call me very often. If she's calling me, there has to be something that's serious. So Lord, let me help her. <laughs> let me help her. Lord, another story. I had breast cancer, and, and thank God, because I'm healed from breast cancer. So I am going to be doing the Zoom medicine. Uh, and this is going to give me the flexibility to be able to expand what I was doing at the clinic to the state of Michigan. You know, when I was at the clinic, I was only in Lansing. I could only do things in Lansing. I could only minister to Lansing, to the people of Lansing. Now, I, f I don't have any boundary. I can minister to people in Flint, in Detroit, all over the state of Michigan. Yes. My mission is to help people who are in crisis, to help them thrive. And, and I'm just grateful because I feel like every single thing that was taught today, was said today during worship was for me. Because I'm in the chapter of my life where I don't know what's next. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't know. I, I kind of, Lord wants me to expand. Okay, I kind of have that idea, but how, the how, I have no clue the how. Who, where, how, where's the money? So I just felt like today God say, okay, take a step. Just trust me. You don't need to have all the answers. Just say what I say. Just do what I do. And I'm going to, I'm going to provide. I'm going to be with you. Just trust me. You don't need to. And, and I think that was you speaking about when they, before God part the Red Sea, they have to take a step of faith. Otherwise, it would, wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. So God is saying, okay, take a step and see what I'm going to do. This is exactly where I'm at in my journey, trusting God with what he's going to do next.
Amen. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.